Hi, my name is Trish West, and I am a licensed clinical social worker and a licensed clinical addiction specialist, as well as a certified life coach. And I'm so excited to share with Pearl today. Hey, everybody. My name is Pearl Sharanza, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Pearl. And I'm so excited. As you guys know, I love anything about self-care. I love when we can bring experts in, we discuss self-care and all things around that. And today is no different. Today, I have Patricia, also known as Trish Noel. She's a licensed clinical social worker, licensed clinical addiction specialist, an associate certified licensed forensic evaluator in the state of North Carolina, and also a certified life coach who seeks to encourage, inspire, and empower individuals who seek from healing from challenges in their life. Through the use of psychotherapy, she provides practical tools to those on the journey to better health and wellness. Trish is also the founder and CEO of Noel Integrated Services, NIS, which was established in July of 2020. And NIS provides behavioral health, and addiction counseling to individuals, families, and groups. In July of 2021, NIS birthed Just Breathe, a support group for females ages 12 to 21 that focuses on depression, anxiety, self-harm, and suicidal ideations. Trish is very passionate about this group and desires to meet their needs through support, education, and advocacy, as well as family members. Trish also believes it's okay to not be okay, which I'm all for that. And she's willing to walk the journey with them. Trish is originally from Maryland and is the mother of three adult children and is a parent giver. Totally get that as well. She's mm-hmm. a graduate of the University of Maryland School of Social Work, where she received her master's degree in social work and believes everyone should have a voice. And we are excited to hear your voice today, Trish. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so I need to make a correction because yes, when we originally met, I was Trish Noel, but I recently got married. Oh, so right. I'm Trish West. Yay. Congratulations. And I, have to, I have to even remember that. Because <laughs> your, your last name is no, no longer Noel. Your last name is West. So, yes. Yeah, so that's like the so new you're thing. So you're a newlywed balancing all the new things that come with yes, it. That's yes. Yes. So and awesome. if you would have asked me this a year ago, I would have been like, not I. But here I am. Oh. That's awesome. And how long have you been married now? Um, October the 15th. We just got married. So today, actually, he sent me a message saying happy four month anniversary. So today makes it. That's so beautiful. Well, we're so excited to have you on the show. And I would love for you to share with everybody a little bit of your story, share your background, how you grew up and how you went on this journey to become the coach that you are today. Cool. Well, first, thank you again, Pearl. I'm so excited to be here. I had a great time with you before, and this is great. Um, I'm originally from Maryland, like you said earlier. Um, the only girl of three, two older brothers. They were like much older than I am. It's like 15 years older. So I never remember. I kind of grew up as the only child. Um, and then later in life, I just I've always wanted to go to college and um when my dad died when I was 15, it was kind of hard for me to go to college. So I kind of had to stay and help out with my mom. So it was she and I for a long time. And then I got married. You know, life happens. And then life started happening. I would go to school. I had to stop. I would go to school. And then finally, I was just determined, like, I was just going to go to school. And I finished. I always tell people I did the 25-year plan. It, it took, that's about how long it took for me to finish undergrad. And then I was blessed with the opportunity to do grad school. And I moved from Maryland. I'm in North Carolina. Um, life hit me, hit me real hard, um, in 2011 with a divorce after being married for 28 years. 
And at that time with three kids, one in college and two small ones at home and a parent caregiver. So life just, it just slammed me. I was like, now what am I supposed to do? Because forever, you know, I was Trish, somebody's wife. I was Trish, somebody's mother. I was Trish, somebody's, I was always Trish, somebody else. But now I had to figure out who is Trish. So in the midst of the divorce, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So we had to work through that. And it was just, it seemed like it was just one punch after another, after another. And I was dealing with chronic health issues. And it's just a mass of things happening. And now today, here I am, a newlywed, my own private practice. Um, my kids are now all adults. Everybody is doing well. And for a change, it took me... It took me a long time. I always tell people for the first four years after my divorce, um, I just stayed to myself. I didn't do anything. Um, my kids were like, mom, go out, get caught, go somewhere. And I was like, I just, I fell into this deep depression and I just didn't know who I was. I was like, who am I? So I went to therapy and I just had to find myself. And it took me many years to figure out. And like where I am now, I can't say I'm like perfect, but I can say I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life right now. And so when the bumps hit me, I'm able to bounce back a lot quicker than I could have before. So, yeah. Well, I I love, uh, congratulations on the new marriage. And, you. you know, and I, I don't know, how how is your mom today? She's good. She's now a 10-year survivor. She's Yay. doing very well at 87 years old. Still God fighting. bless her. That's awesome. Yeah. So she's doing great. Yeah. And I get what you're talking about. Like, who am I, right? That's so powerful, right. that statement. It's like, oftentimes we struggle with that. I mean, and you know, you're not alone, but sometimes we feel like we're by ourselves. We feel mm -hmm. like nobody else knows that I can't figure out who I am. Exactly. And, and that's my journey as well. I, I mean, I was a top five mortgage broker in Virginia. I was a top, top female in my company. And we moved down to Florida because I was going to be the stay at home mom. Cause that's what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I didn't enjoy it. I was mm. not a PT. I, I was in the PTA, very involved in PTA. However, I didn't like all the drama, the PTA that went with it. I truly didn't know where I was anymore. I was like this right. mom and wife. It was great. But who was I truly? And so I went on this journey. My, my son in 2015, like you, like it took me many years to figure that out. My oldest went to college in 2015. And I realized I need to figure out who Pearl is. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I realized I never really connected with my younger son because I put so much into what my older son's goals and visions were because he was adopted and he was mixed race. And we wanted to make sure he had the opportunity you know, to get all his goals. And I took advantage of the fact that Nate was very self-doer. He was mm -hmm. smart. He could, I mean, the guy, the, the guy is just a smart young man. And so I get what you're saying. Like it took a while to figure out who I am. And people say that, like, just go figure out who you are. Like, it's just so easy. It's not that it, easy. It's no, not. right. Yeah. So tell us as you went on this journey of figure out who, who Trish is and, and what were some of the bumps you went into and what was the, some of the setbacks before you had the comeback? Well, I want to say this too. I realized we have something in common because you said your oldest is adopted. My middle daughter was adopted and we first got her at the age of seven weeks old. And it took us like three years to finally finalized adoption and she's now 22 and she's doing very well. So, um, yeah. So yeah, as adopted moms are awesome, but the bumps that I went through, you know, one of the hardest things for me was being able to say no, no was so hard because 
you know, um, one being the only daughter, two at that time, both of my brothers were married. And they by the time I got old enough, they would live in their own lives. So I was kind of home. And I kind of became the person that people would go to to do stuff or to get stuff done. If you need something done, go to church. It could be my mom. It could be any, it could be a family member. You need something done, go to church. And so in that, I felt like that's where I lost myself as well. And I remember um, going to therapy and she was like, do you know how to tell people no? And I was like, I don't have to say no. And she was like, no, like say no. It's a complete sentence. You do not have to justify. You don't have to give, you don't have to say anything. Just no. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she had me practice. She was like, for like a month, she was like, every morning, I want you to stand in the mirror and say, no, no, no. Just tell yourself. And then somebody, if it's something you don't want to do, she said, say no, with no explanation. No, I'm not doing that. And it was the hardest thing for me to do, but I'm so glad like I pushed through that because there were things that I didn't want to do, but I felt like I was the only one that could do it. So, you know, if I didn't do it, it wasn't going to be done right. But I had to step back and realize, you know what? If something happened to me today or tomorrow, it'll get done. So no, I can't do that right now. So, and then that was, that was one of the biggest challenges for me because I was so used to being the one to be there for everybody. And family, I was like, I can't, I have no more energy to give. And so no was, was like the biggest thing. Okay. So we have more than just adopted children in common. We also have the fact that we couldn't say no in common because I've been there. Right. And, mm-hmm. and right. You're right. No, it's a complete sentence. But what happens is we say yes. So excitedly. We're so excited. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll help you with that. Right. But we put this, like this mental part in the front of our head says, Oh, they're going to not like you because you're saying no. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, they're going to think you're selfish because you're saying that we have all exactly, these things. And, exactly. And I had to actually take a pebble. I figured it out on my own. Like I didn't have somebody to, to guide me, you know, through all that. But I have somebody like I decided I needed to do something because like you, I was saying yes to everything. And I'm sure many of our listeners listening right now can resonate with the fact that we say yes to everything, whether it's something for your children, something for your job, right. some, the neighbor, church, whatever that is, right? So I decided I have to stop this. I have to start finding time for myself and doing things that I want. So I actually took a pebble and I had to put it in my pocket and Mm. I had to move that pebble three times in a day to saying no to something. So then when I said yes, it meant that I really meant it. I really wanted to do it. Right. Right. That was hard. Mm -hmm. Right. It's Mm -hmm. hard saying no because you so want to help. But you know what I found out, Trish? And I don't know if you if you saw this as well. But what I found out was if I said no to Trish and maybe it was something I did want to do, but it just wasn't the right timing. I might tell you, hey, Trish, call me back in October. If you do that again next year, reach back out to me because Mm -hmm. I'll start looking at my goals and I maybe I can put on my calendar. Or the other thing I found was that I knew I didn't want to do it, but maybe I knew somebody that would want to say yes to it. So I either Mm -hmm. was saying yes to somebody else, like introducing somebody else to that. And then I realized my saying no opened the door for that person. And had I said yes, that person wouldn't have been able to get the the rewards of what they were waiting for. Right, exactly. Yeah, that no, man, that thing is a hard thing to do. And I know like with my clients, when and I told them, I said, you know, I'm speaking from experience, just feeling overwhelmed. And I was like, why am I? Because I'm taking on things that I really didn't need to, but I was so conditioned to saying yes to every time somebody asked me to do something. And then when I finally started saying no, I could, it's almost like, you could feel the 
weight like starting to fall off. You're like, okay, this is it feels weird in the beginning, but it feels kind of good because now I don't feel like I have to do this. And I'm saying no. So yeah, I'm still practice it till today. I'm like, nope, I can't do that. Or I'm like you now, I'll say, you know what, I can't do it this time, but maybe somebody else I might know be able to do it. Or maybe I could do it the next time, but to you know, no, I cannot do that. So yeah. So yeah, I know it became easier and now it's mm-hmm. like you start realizing how much time you have to be able to do the things you want to do, which is so right. powerful. So right. what I like to, you to share with us is so when you work with your clients, you are sharing that, you know, you like to help them seek help through their, like empower them, encourage them and inspire them through their challenges. And so tell me your, you know, you, you mentioned you're using the psychotherapy. So tell us how that journey is for somebody that comes to work with you. What kind of journey can they expect to walk through with you? Well, it's so funny. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> Excuse me. Because I work with all ages, but I kind of, gra- it seems that I kind of gravitate to that under 21 kind of crowd. And um, my kids always laugh. I'm like, why me? And it was like, because mom, you're crazy. And people love you're crazy. So it's so funny because I tell my clients, I'm like, now I'm, I said, I'm a therapist. I said, but I'm not one of those therapists that is just going to sit here. And I'm like, yeah, so tell me how you're feeling. And this is, I said, no. I said, Miss Trish has about this much crazy. And so you, it depends on you what you want that particular day. And so they like that engagement. And I love to bring in some humor because I feel like life is so heavy. And if you're willing to come to therapy, I don't want to make it heavy for you because there's so much stigma in the mental health field. There's so much stigma in going to therapy, especially in the black and brown communities. There's so much stigma with it. So I want you to know, here's somebody who looks like you. Here's somebody who may have experienced some of the things that you've experienced. But guess what? It's okay to not be okay. You don't have to be okay all the time. You can say no and be okay with saying no. So I try to make things so real for them, but I also try to make it where it's not heavy because life is already heavy. So I'll bring humor. If it's um, a certain type of music they like, I'm like, let's play, let's listen to what you listen to. No, Miss Trish is so dark. And I'm like, let's just listen to it anyway. And so I try to have that approach. You know, it's all about our mindset and what we're thinking and trying to change that. But I also try to really relate because if you can't relate, I tell them therapy isn't just you coming to see me. I have to be able to connect to you and you have to be able to connect to me. This is a relationship. And if we don't have that connection, this isn't going to work. And it works. It really works. I love that. Just a little bit this crazy. <laughs> yeah, just this little bit. Just how much you want today? I could give you this much or you want that much. And they yeah. love it. They love but, it. And I love how you talked about like in the black and brown community, because my son being mixed race, I, you know, we struggle to find people of color for him to go to, like with, mm-hmm. with the, some of the challenges he went to. And it's, I love that you are relatable to them. Right. And then mm-hmm. also to be uh, you know, I didn't realize till, you know, having our son, how much I have many friends of color all around me since I can remember, but I didn't realize how much that it's that, that community looks at like your mental health. Like it's like, right. it's like this taboo, almost like with men, we don't want to right. talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. It's okay. We, right. you know, and you know, yes, we can go to church and we can pray, but there's only so much of that that works, right? There's right. other work exactly. that has to be done. And, um, and I think that's so powerful that you share that because, and then I love that you're working with the younger, like that, that age group you work with, because I feel like, and I don't know if I'm sure you're seeing this. I feel like right now, that's our, our 
our young adults, our young kids that, that are, mm-hmm. that are needing that. There's so much happening in their world right now between, you know, like we had another shooting at a college just recently and just right. all the things that are happening just in the world in general to have somebody that can, they can go to and be like, okay, she's a little bit crazy, but she's going to let me know I'm okay <laughs> too. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's so powerful. And so when you are working with the kids, um, like, what are you? What right now are you seeing? Kind of, kind of the common thread right now that's happening. Um, I think you know since COVID, it's a lot of like depression and anxiety because you know the socialization for like two almost three years was gone. So the kids are really struggling with like at home doing school at home. A lot of the kids weren't doing well because they missed that one on one contact. And you know, you're on your laptop at home, half the time the kids either they're not really focused because they're not in a classroom. So what I've learned is a lot of depression and anxiety. Also, a lot of times school was a, was a sanctuary for the kids. So especially if there was like domestic violence or some kind of neglect or some kind of abuse or something in the household, school was at least a few hours to get away from all of that. Now you're, you have no getaway. And so the kids that I've been working with now is just really, it's almost like um, they're dealing with the after effects of it. So what do I do with this now? What do I do with all these emotions, all these feelings? What do I do with all this now that I've been exposed to this stuff for the last two or three years? And now here I am. So again, I just use, I mean, I do a lot of journaling with them. I have a lot of them to, because they don't know how to, they're afraid if they express what they feel to a specific person that is not going to be perceived the right way or they'll get in trouble. So we'll do a lot of letter writing. You don't, you're not going to give the person the letter. You're going to write everything. I'm like, I don't care what you, you could use all the four letter words you could figure out. Whatever you want to put in there, put it in the letter. And it's amazing how the kids are like, but you're having wanting to say this for forever. And I'm like, you're writing it out. And then we go through a ritual where we will burn the letter or we'll tear it up or we'll do something, you know, just teach them like, okay, now you're going to start releasing some of that stuff. So they get it. They get it. But yeah, depression and anxiety is like the major things that they're experiencing. Yeah, because you're right. They lost all that that social interaction, yeah. you know, all that, that being isolated. And then, you know, unfortunately, some of them, like you said, have had not great situations at home. And so right. that's, that's so much heavy weight. And for a, a young child and for a young adult, that's a lot to carry besides mm-hmm. the weight of everything else that they're expected to do, their schoolwork and, you know, maybe work or whatever that is for them. And right. I love the letter process. I, <laughs> I remember I've done that a few times, you know, and mm-hmm. it's so powerful. And um, I love the one too, where we, with our clients, and then we do this at our retreat a couple of times, we've done it already, is where we write that letter to fear because we're mm. scared of doing something. Like it's, mm-hmm. we realize, we all know fear is a, a liar. It's, you know, That's and great. so that false expectations appearing real kind of yep. thing. Mm-hmm. It's like we, when, so we would burn it, we'd write that letter to fear, but sometimes we even do a response to the letter to fear. I've done that mm. too. It's so powerful to walk through that. And, um, and I, you know, I'm glad you do the work that you're doing with our young adults. It's really, really important that we continue that. So tell us, Trish, what else is happening in your world with your business and how how we can support you in that as well? Well, Noel Integrated Services is my private practice. I do that part time. Um, and basically, I just... I think my when I think about my case, though, it's half and half. Well, no, two thirds are probably 18 and under. And then a third are adults, probably over 40. So I get that mixture. Um, but if I always tell I always tell individuals like it's OK 
to not be okay. And I also, because I know that there's that fear because people are worried about what other people are going to think or what other people are going to say. But my thing is, if I always tell people, if you're doing bad, people are going to talk about you. If you're doing good, people are going to talk about you. So just give people something to talk about. It's not going to impact, you know, it's not going, they can't, what can they do? They can't, you know, us as adults, people talk about us, but they're not paying our bills. They're not supporting us. And so I have to have a similar approach with the kids. Like your friends may talk about you, but what are they, they're not helping you do anything. So with NIS, um, basically we do, I do families, I do individuals, I do group work, I do stuff with couples and a lot of family work. Um, Out of NIS birth, just breathe. And just breathe, the J is the semicolon for the mental health world, uh, for those who may experience a loss of might to suicide. And that was birthed through my adopted daughter, my 22-year-old, and she allows me to tell her story. And when we transitioned from Maryland to North Carolina, in Maryland, they went to a small parochial school. So there may have been 10 kids in their class. And we went when we got to North Carolina, they went to a public school. And, you know, I did the research and everybody's like, this is the best school. Da, da, da. And she got there for the first time, sixth grade, she experienced bullying. And it was awful for her. It was awful. And I would go to the administrator, administration and they wouldn't do anything. And I was like, I'm going to pull you out to school. And she's like, no, no, Ma, I do have some friends. It's just this group. But it was to the point where when I say Pearl, it was bad. Like she could barely make it from the bus stop to the house before she would wet herself. Um, then what happened was I got a call from the school and the school was like, we were really concerned because we think she's cutting. And I was like, what? My do you know what I do for a living? Not my child. And so I asked her and she said, yes. And when I tell you, my heart sank. My heart sank as a professional, but my heart sank as a mom. Because I'm like, how did I not see it? How did I miss this? And I had a dear friend. She said, Trish, you're too close. She's like, your mom, she wants to protect you. She's not going to say. So as a result, we uh, she went into therapy and we worked on that. And then she started telling me this friend is doing it and that friend is doing it. When she got to high school, it was even more that we're doing it. And I was like, well, how did you? And she said, somebody told me that when you're feeling upset or if you're anxious about something, this helps take your mind off of it. And I was like, babe, you know, I'm like devastated, crying, like, you know, just let me know what can I do to help. So anyway, she came to me and said, mom, I have, it's too many people. Can we, can you, I said, I, I got to be careful. There are boundaries. So we've created a support group and that's where Just Brief came from. Um, in 2021, we created that. We do one, like one in the spring and one in the fall. And we just let them know that you're not the only ones. You're not the only ones struggling with depression. You're not the only one with the self-harm. You're not the only ones who thought about committing suicide. This is a safe group. It's a support group. And so in addition to the mental health and addiction, I do, we do, we co-facilitate, my daughter and I, we co-facilitate the support group for Just Breathe. And that's, that's my baby right there. I love that group. So, yeah. Wow. What a story. And to take and like find a way to pay it forward and your daughter to be like, mom, I'm not the only one. Let's, can we help? Can we do something? And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's, it's sad that yeah, there's not she's not the only one. It's sad. Right. And then and then the the like the bullying you hear so much and I, I'm hoping it's changing. I know your daughter how old is your daughter now? Twenty two. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's changing where <laughs> 
you know, the administrator starts looking more at the bullying because it seems like you hear that often where the parents are complaining about it and, the, and the, nobody's doing anything. And, and I think that's the tough part is when a child feels like nobody's listening to me, nobody cares, you know, and, and it's just. Or, right. I'm sorry. Well, I think it's not, it's either they're not doing anything or in her case, when they did do something, it was supposed to be anonymous, but the way that they handled it, they knew it was from her. Mm-hmm. So. It was like, I just, she was like, I'd rather you just had not said anything because now it's just making it worse because they know it's me. So, yeah. Yeah. That yeah was I that. remember, I remember a few times with my kids, my, um, my oldest, when he, he went to school, he was in, I think in sixth grade when Barack Obama was first elected and mm-hmm. he went through a whole situation where the teacher at the school, they gave them assignment that they had to vote on something. And, and one of the ones, I think it was McCain. And the first time he ran, I think it was McCain. Mm-hmm. And he came home and he's like, oh, I got to vote. You know, I'm like, okay. And he's talking to us about, you know, can you help me? We're like, no, no, no. This is your first lesson in voting. We're going to teach you. You're, we're not going to put our views on it. You need right. to determine what you want. And based on that, decide who you're going to vote for. So he's like, okay, okay. So he did all that, came back and gave us the assignment. And he told us he's voting for McCain. We're like, okay, and t- uh, tell us why. And all he wanted to know was why. We didn't, you right. know, just, we wanted to make sure he understood what he was doing in the process. So he goes off to school and he comes back the that afternoon or the next day within a couple of days of turning the assignment in. And he's like, I have to change my vote. I'm like, what? You don't change huh. your vote. We don't do that. Right. We walk into the booth and we vote. We don't get to change our vote. What are you talking about? Right. Right. And basically the teacher had said there wasn't enough people voting for Obama at the time and that all, they sent them home to change their votes. And I was like, okay, let's another lesson. First, I said, do you want me to go talk to the teacher? Because this is not the proper way that it happens right. in the world. You know, you did everything you're supposed to do. You did your research. You know, we didn't tell you how we vote. We didn't tell you what we thought of this person that we we literally said, you have to vote. You don't have to share who you vote with, but because it's a school assignment, you're going to share it. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't want to go to talk to the teacher because he felt like he's going to be bullied by the teacher. Mm. And I was like, that's crazy. So we told him, go do the assignment again. We gave him the same assignment. And um, he came back out and he said, I'm going to change my vote. And we're like, okay, tell us why. And he told us why. I'm like, okay, you know, unless I'm like, you know, I was very adamant. I'm like, you, we both, my husband and I, you don't, you know, this is not how it works. Right. right. And so he went in and he got like, I think he got a B minus. I don't know what he got, but I kept asking him, do you want me? I don't want you to go because he, between the teacher and there's another boy in the, in the classroom. And this is like, he graduated high school in 2015. So this mm-hmm. is really before mm-hmm. he came forward, a lot of bullying. But I share that because you know, we, we have this peer pressure on ourselves, right. that, you know, that we, I don't want to say anything because they're going to know it's me or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm glad that you guys have started this nonprofit. And I think it's amazing that it's, it's a resource, right? The mm-hmm. more resources we can give to our children and our young adults, the better, right? Right. Yeah. So tell everybody how they can check out your non, it's a nonprofit, right? Well, right now we're still a support group. Okay. And I'm in, a, I'm in the process of becoming a nonprofit. So I'm okay. excited about that. Awesome. Um, but you know, the, I, there's always my website and I it Noel integrated services, nistherapy.com or I have a little extra little giveaway for those who send me an email and let me know that they heard us talking. My email address is T as in Trish, Noel, N-O-E-L, at NIS Therapy. And I had the opportunity, um, Pearl, last year was presented to me to be part of an anthology. 
first time I was like, I don't have anything to talk about. And one of my friends was like, girl, you have a whole lot to talk about. <laughs> and so the book is called Healing Toxic Habits. And it's really about mindset, changing mindset and sharing your experiences and how you overcame the experiences. So in the book, I talk about how I, how I dealt with anxiety. And um, and you had made a comment earlier about people go to church and they pray. And I use that platform as well at church. Like, yes, we got we have church, we have prayer, we have all that. But God also created therapists and he created medication. So sometimes we need some medication and therapy with that prayer. So the first five emails that I get, I would love to gift this to them. My chapter is talking about how I manage the anxiety. It shares about an episode that that I had at a concert, which resulted in me being hospitalized from the anxiety. And um, just like where I am with it today, I've learned to um, recognize the symptoms beforehand so that I know how to get myself to a a safe place if I feel like overpowering me. And so, yeah, that's that's where I am right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like my mom and I were having this conversation this morning where I took her, my son passed away last July, my oldest one, Matthew. Mm -hmm, I remember. And so I took her, she wanted to go spend some time with him. And so I took her to the graveside. I sat in the car, we're driving back home. And I said, we were talking. She's like, well, I hope to see him again. I'm like, you will. We go to heaven. She's well, we don't always know if we're all going to heaven. I was like, well, I grew up Catholics, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, well, why you, why would you say that? And she's like, well, because you know, depending on what we do. And then she got kind of quiet. I go, oh, so if we don't go to church every Sunday, is that what you're saying? <laughs> you know, because it became that close. And I said, I said, you know, and she's like, well, it's a, it's the Catholics believe it's a mortal sin. I'm like, okay. I said, well, I'm already, I'm already a two time sinner. Then I don't go to church every Sunday. I said, but I'm also, um, our youngest one came through in vitro. I said, so. Mm-hmm. You know, that's supposed to be a, a moral sin too. I go, but I have a belief, just like what you said, God mm-hmm. brought doctors here to do certain things. That's we right. have medicine to do certain that's things. Right. We have these tools to do certain things. Exactly. So if they weren't supposed to be here, I don't believe God put those tools in their bodies because I talk about this often on the show that we're we're made up of tools and, mm-hmm. and things that we can do. And if we don't use it for ourselves, we cheat ourselves. But if you're not putting out to the world, I couldn't have had my second son with help. I couldn't do some of the things that I do in my life today with going to doctors, getting help with therapy, all those things like you just said. So mm-hmm. it's a combination. It's a, it's what we bring together that's so mm-hmm. powerful. And I just love that you shared that. So we're going to do a little shift here, Trish, and we're going to make okay. sure everybody knows to um, tell everybody your email again to get your book. To, uh, the email address is T, isn't Trish, Noel, N-O-E-L at N-I-S-Therapy.com. And the book, again, is Healing Toxic Habits, Volume 2. All right. So you guys heard here, the first five to email her, you're going to get a copy of that book. So I'm excited for them to do that. So Trish, now what we're going to do is we're going to do a little shift here because we talk about self-care here. We're all about self-care. So I want to know, what is is Trish's favorite thing to do for self-care? Spend time with my family. My family, like we love being hospitable. So I love like we grill out, cook, and have folks to come over. And just like, that's my favorite thing to do. And then going to the beach. But I love having people come. I just love entertaining and just having people be happy and smiling. That's that's part of my self-care. I love that. I love the beach too, which being here in Florida, yeah. we got beaches all around us. So, okay. So now I'm going to challenge you a little bit that. Yes. If Trish could, had to do something for herself, did not involve her family. 
What is she doing? I am browning me a hot bubble bath with the candles and the music and an adult beverage beside me and just relaxing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. And I do, and I make sure I make that happen. So, yeah. And for those that are not able to watch us, I have to tell you, Trish literally took a seat back in her chair, like she was in that bathtub. I mean, all but having a glass of the adult beverage right next to her, she was in that bathtub. I was. You took me, I went straight there. Yes. You did. You did. So right now, one of the things that we're working on in our Shira League, and for those that are new to the show, we have a weekly community of women where we get together, we support each other in joys, in lows, and all kinds of things that are happening in our life, things around our self-care, things that bring us joy, and things that we need to work on and change in our lives. And it's just a great way to uplift each other. Um, mm. In the Shira League, we have um, weekly, well, once a month meditation. We have a guest speaker every month. And by the time this uh, episode is on, we will have had a guest speaker who is a sex coach. So we have all different types of folks coming for guest speaking. But in the Shira League, right, one of the things we're working on right now, Trish, is we're working on the things that bring us joy, right? Mm -hmm. So what one of the things they had to do is get their top 10. So I'm just going to ask you off the top of your head, if I ask you for three things that brings you joy, Trish, why do they bring you joy and what are they? The first thing I will say is my faith. My faith and my, my relationship to God brings me joy because when I was, girl, when I was in that pit during that divorce time, that's all I had. I mean, I would cry like, God, please help me. Please help me. And that was the only peace that I would get. It would never come the way I wanted it to come, but it would come. So that would be one. The other thing that brings me joy is my 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 family. Like I love my son just turned 20. My daughter is 22. I just been married since October. Do you know we will sit in our, we, my husband and I'll be in a bedroom and they will come and they would crawl in the bed with the both of us and we're in there watching movies. Like we, we do that. And so I just love my family. When my oldest daughter comes, she just turned 33. She'll do the same thing. She'll crawl right up in the bed and well, they're all, we're all just sitting there eating popcorn, watching a movie, doing that. That's the same Second thing that brings me joy. And um the third thing, hmm, know about the third thing. I'm I'm just like I'm just at a different, I'm just enjoying life right now. I'm just where I am, I'm just, I'm like grateful because I've been struggling for so long. And I'm finally like, whoo, I'm I'm no longer in survival mode. I'm in living life mode. And so that brings me, that sense of peace brings me joy. Even when I hit hard times. I'm still like, all right, God, this is just another bump in the road. Let's keep going. It's, I love that you said that too, because one of the things I like to do is think about life as a like a mountain, right? Like you're going up the mountain. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we think we want to run up the mountain and get to that goal we want to get to, right? And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden we fall down the mountain so fast mm -hmm. and we forget who's with us, you know, right. our faith that's with us. We forget that. Right. But we also think, forget oftentimes to enjoy what we find along the mountain route, you know, mm -hmm. to stop and have a picnic along the, the scenic right. route, you know, come off the side and, and think about like what you said, those things that bring you joy, the kids jumping in at 20 years old, still getting in yes. the bed and watching the movie, <laughs> right? Those things are just being grateful that we can open our eyes and, and see the beauty that's all around us and the things that we have open to learn instead of being tunnel vision, like really expanding yes. our 
our yeah. thoughts, right? And then, you know, once you take that scenic route, you kind of sit down, you have a picnic and you think about what has life brought me so far and right. what will I learn from it? Because now I got to start the next journey, right? So mm-hmm. you go and you finish, you start that next journey, you're walking up that mountain and you get to the top and often we're like, yes, we got to the mountain. And they were like, what's next, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. how do we stop and enjoy right. that, right? Just sit yeah. in that, sit in that joy of that, achieving that goal or having a great success and, you know, finally coming through stuff in our life that's made us feel like you said, survival mode all our life right right and so to sit and enjoy that and then you don't have to roll down the mountain i always say right we can you know that's something we talk about tuna surely because how about you take a stroll down the mountain why don't you grab mm. somebody and say can you walk with me down the mountains because you don't mm-hmm. have to fall you know down the mountain like the like the storybook tells us we can walk down the mountain and by the way stop and have another picnic and be like what yeah. did i learn at the top i need to mm-hmm. bring it with me when i go hit the next exactly goal, right yeah, so I, I just love that you you shared that because it made me think about the mountain story that I always love to share. Yeah. So now and I like that what you said about walking with the person because that's something that I always tell my clients. You know, I can't fix your life. That is not my job to fix it. But what I am here to do is walk the journey with you. Yeah, because it's so powerful. And I love that you said that too, because oftentimes many coaches are just like, go do this, 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 and this. Right. Forget right. That. No, that's not what it's about. They, right. You know, I interviewed somebody earlier. She calls herself a cheerleader. She's a cheerleader coach, mm-hmm. you know, and I just love that, like that's having that positive energy around our clients to help them see. They already know it inside, but help them right, exactly. push it out and, and help them walk up that mountain. It's so amazing. Yeah. I love that. So now, okay. So now Trish, you've right. talked, it brings you joy, but to enjoy the stuff that brings us joy. Sometimes we know in our life, there's things we, we create what's called a to-do list all the time, go grocery shopping, all that stuff. Right. But do we ever stop to create the not to-do list? Things we have to remove from our life so that we can enjoy the things that bring us joy, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the top three things that's on Trisha's not to-do list? Not to bite off more than I can chew. (laughs) That is hard. That's where I'm still practicing my no, because sometimes, you know, even like with me doing the podcast with you the last year or so, I've been doing quite a few things. I got a business coach and she's really been putting me out there. And sometimes she has to tell me, Trish, no, you don't have to like, don't do that one this time. This time, just kind of wait and pace yourself. So um, that's one of my things, like not to do more than I have to. Another thing that I'm learning that I that should be on my not to do list is, hmm. Not giving up on myself. Sometimes I'm harder on myself than what I need to be. But I have I have what I call my village. My village has always, even when I was in that deep valley, my village was there. My village would pick me up when my son had an event. He needed a tie to be tied. My village was there. You know, my brother would be there to pick him up. You know, my village was my backbone. They held my arms up. And so, you know, I try, you know, I just try not to do more than what I have to do. Not, I think those are like two of the main things. And I'm learning. I'm, I'm in this process of learning. So, yeah. I love that. Having the village, you know, I have a friend named Lisa. She calls it having your balcony people. Those mm-hmm. people you go to to lift you up, right? Because, yeah. you know, we're, sometimes we do need that lifting up. Sometimes we do yes. need the person to be like, come on, I got you. What can I do for you? You know, right. and I think that's so important is to have that. And and also to understand, too, that sometimes that village can change. Sometimes yes. you know, people come into our lives for a season, exactly. right? Yep. Yeah. So to release the, the people that are no longer serving you. I, I remember, you know, people, you're 
were talking about earlier. People are going to talk about you when it's good, and people are going to talk about you when it's not good. So right. let them talk, right? right. Because right. it's that season and those boundaries yes. around those relationships is so, so powerful. I that's, love that you share that with us. That was good. I love what you just said about that. But that's this, I am really enjoying my time with you. This is Yay, great. This, this is, is awesome. Great. So now, Trish, it's December 2023. You have worked on your joy list, you've worked on your not to do list. What has Trish accomplished this year at the end of the year? Transformation. So at the beginning of this year, you know, we stepped out in faith and we moved into our own home together. Um, Monday, I'm starting a new job that I was afraid of, but I'm doing it out of fear because it's calling me higher. Uh, and so in December of 2023, I'm going to I'm going to sit back and watch this transformation in my life. And just <clears throat> as I tell people, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm enjoying the ride. Excuse me. I love that. You guys, you can see, just see, she was picturing that out there. Like she's tra- that's transformation that's coming. And congratulations on the new job. That's so awesome. You. Anything. I love it too, the Trish, what she said about that new position. It's going to bring her higher. Always mm-hmm. doing something that can take you to that next level is right. so, so important. And it, you know, it's just, it's something that is so <laughs> powerful. And, and in our self care too, we have to always make sure we're taking that time to put our cape on first so that we can show up for ourselves, whether it's in a bathtub, like what Trish just said, or you're sitting on a front swing, or maybe you're going for a walk and you come across the playground and you're like, I'm going to go swing on the swing. Doesn't mean it's just for the kids. As long as you can get in there and get out, go for the swing, right? I just love that. I'm so glad you shared that. So now, Trish, I one of the things that I love to talk about is how we can also empower those around us to understand that when we're putting ourselves first, we're doing something for ourselves. It doesn't mean we don't love them. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we, we're not aware of that we're taking time from them. So I also like to share things you can do with your family or your friends that include self-care for yourself. So do you have anything like that that you love to do with your family or friends? So I'll give you an example. I know that when my son Matthew was here, we would go and get pedicures together. Mm-hmm. And I found it was so much fun because he he had really bad toes from football. <laughs> so, so, but it was great because we would have these conversations mm-hmm. around everything from girls to football mm-hmm. to a sport, whatever, right? So what are some of the things? And the thing is for me, I was giving myself self-care, but I was also spending time with him. Right, right? exactly. So what are some of the things you like to do? I know you talk about the kids hopping into bed and watching right. movies, but what are some of the other things you like to do that incorporate your family around self-care? Well, the one thing when I met my husband, he had never had a manicure and a pedicure. And so now he is the one that once a month we have our spa date and he is very persistent about this is our day. So once a month, he and I go, we get manis and patties and he loves brick oven pizza. And so we will go somewhere and have brick oven pizza. On Tuesdays um, at the movie theaters, it's family night and it's $5 nights, whatever movie. So as a family, we all go to the movie on Tuesday nights and um, you get free popcorn and all that. And so we just pick them up every, every somebody pick a movie and we just go hang out and we have a family date night at the movies. So that's the kind of stuff that we do. Those are two great examples, you guys, of things you can do with your family for self-care. Mm-hmm. And movies are always fun to go to. And yes. that was the other thing too. Like, so my oldest one, if he would tell me, hey mom, can we go for sushi? I know he wanted to talk. <laughs> 
And if my younger one, hey, you want to go catch a movie? I knew he wanted to talk. So it's really, you know, it's really powerful to have those relationships with one another. I'm glad you said that because my oldest one does that. She'll say, mom, let's go for sushi. And if she (laughs) says sushi, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, something's going on. Something's up, yeah. Come on, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, so we're going to do our cards here. Okay. And what I want to know is, first of all, tell everybody where, I know that you gave the email, where's the best place on social media to find you? I am on Facebook. And on Facebook, my Facebook name is Patricia Roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S, West, W-E-S-T. You can find me on Facebook. Awesome. Okay, so Trish has already been forewarned about our cards. So we're going to shuffle the cards, Trish, and we're going to talk about the cards you received. So you tell me when to stop. Stop. All right. So Trish's card says, ooh, what is good about my life? That was, yeah, I got a good card. I got a good card. (laughs) What is good about my life? Like I shared earlier, you know, I have been in that valley for so long. And I will be honest, Pearl, like right now, my life scares me. It scares me, but like in a good way, because it's like, it's every time I turn on, there's something good happening. And it's like one good thing to another. And even though in the midst of, you know, those punches that you get from life, the punches don't aren't don't last as long. The pain doesn't last as long for the punch. So I'm rebounding quicker from the punch. So it's been good to see that. And it's been good to see how holding on to my faith has got me to where I am. And like, I'm just getting this abundance of blessings. And it's, it's not even stuff I'm even asking for. I'm like getting these extra kisses. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just in awe of where my life is right now. And it scares me, but I'm going for the ride. I'm not hitting the brakes. I'm just like, I'm just going to keep riding because, you know, people keep saying you deserve it. And so I'm learning to tell myself, it's okay. You deserve it. You deserve it. Isn't it interesting how our minds can play that game of everything's going so good. What's going to happen? Like you kind of right, like around the right. corner, right? And we, mm-hmm. we we struggle with that because we've been, you know, and many times in our lives, we grow up with challenges. We're always like, oh, it's good. It means I got to have a price, right? Like everything, so right. that mindset of changing that, that I deserve everything, you know, that's coming and these kisses. And I love how you call them kisses, kisses that come my way. I think that's just such a beautiful example. And, and so I have a question for you. Do you have an affirmation, Trish, that you say to yourself or did you use regularly? Uh, well, I've, it's, it, it changes depending on, like you said, about your seasons. And so I've always kind of struggled with, um, not kind of, I've always struggled with imposter syndrome. And um, so now I just tell myself, you are worthy, you are enough, and you can do this. And so that's what I tell myself all the time. And I tell my kids that you are worthy, you are enough, and you can do this. I love that. You are worthy, you're enough, and you can do this. Those are mm-hmm. three powerful things to say to yourself. And mm-hmm. for the listeners, it's really important to have those affirmations. When you see right. behind my wall, I've got, you know, you're mm-hmm. awesome, self-love, all those things, you know, make today amazing, dream big. It's mm-hmm. because for me, when I walk in here, I want to feel that I want to feel what I'm thinking. Right. I be inspired with, with what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it's just such a great reminder to us that to remember we are worthy, you know, and that that's so powerful to know that and to say those things. I, mine is I get up every morning and I say I am beautifully and wonderfully made good, mm-hmm. better and different. Anything that comes my way, there is a lesson learning from it because I, I know, you know, I think sometimes people think affirmations are a 
a way to just make everything positive in the world. Like if I have an affirmation, nothing's going to go wrong. And I just want to tell everybody that's not the case. Things are going to happen, but it's that mindset. It's that, you know, that saboteur, that judge that shows up, which I call her Betsy. If Betsy shows up like, yeah, no, we're not talking today, Betsy. You take a little nap. Right. And I think it's powerful that if we remember that, Life's not going to be perfect, but how we respond to it, like what you did with your daughter, starting a, starting a support group for others that are going through the same type of journey or similar to what she's done, mm-hmm. you know, however you can pay it forward right, is so exactly. powerful in this world. I love that you guys are doing that. And yes, I love your you. affirmation. Um, I can't you. believe we are. I mean, we're at the end, you guys. We're, <laughs> We've had all, almost an hour of fun time together. And so for those that are listening, we're definitely going to share all Trisha's information. Remember to email her. We'll put that as well out there so you can get her free book. Yes. But I also want to remind everybody that, um, you know, we have our Shiro League. You heard me talk about it today and you hear me talk about it often. And the Shiro League really is a community of women. And Trish, you're more than welcome to join us one time if you like. Okay. But it's really about getting together with like-minded women that, you know, talk about the things we talked about today that want support in going after their goals and keeping on finding joy in their life, no matter what comes around the corner for us. And so if you're interested in joining and visiting us one time for the Shiro League, come and join us. All you have to do is email hello at wsliving.com. That's hello at wsliving.com. And what you can do is just put in the subject matter Shiro and we'll make sure you get the information. We meet Sunday evenings, eight to nine Eastern time. There is no requirement for makeup. You can wear no makeup. You can be in your PJs as long as you have clothes on and just join us for for either meditation, a guest uh, speaker to come in or just be surrounded by community women who are walking the same path as you are and just want to be supported by one another. So I just want to remind everybody as we come to the end of our show today that we come into this world as this rough little oyster on the outside. We have a lot of work to do to open up our shell. But as you open your shell, you find your inner pearl of greatness. And I hope each and every one of you go out today with some of the words we shared with Trish and find your inner pearl of greatness. Have an amazing day. Hey, everybody. Welcome. just wanted to come on and check in with you, see how you're doing and just make sure that you truly are looking and finding your inner pearl of greatness. And so today's just going to be about some lessons for you around how you become your Shiro self. Like really, how do you find that time for you that you could put yourself first without any guilt? And so I want to talk to you about that because, you know, oftentimes we as women, we take care of everything else before we put something for ourselves on on the time, on our planner. And so I want to talk to you about that. You know, why? Like, when was the last time you really challenged yourself to like step away? Um, Because you are a Shiro, you are powerful and you are amazing. And sometimes we feel so overwhelmed that we don't feel that way, right? That we feel like, you know, we're not in our, not working in our purpose of our power and our passion. And, you know, we're not getting ourselves that time to pause and reflect and really like, create and, and develop our roadmap for our expectations, for our journey that we want for ourselves. So I want to ask you this. I want you to consider this. I want you to think about, you know, is there, is there been a time where you wanted to take time for yourself and you just said, I'll put it on my calendar. And then when it came time for your calendar, you said, oh, I can't do it. I got to get the kids to practice. I've got to go to this event. My husband needs help with this thing at work or I'm tied to my job and we've got this deadline to meet. You know, I want you to really think that, you know, 
there is a woman who is a hero for everybody else freely. Like we totally, we, you know, we pour into others so much, so freely that truly our identity and our focus becomes that for the other person. And we're putting our, our focus and our identity on a shelf, right? We freely accept it, you know, that despite how we might feel in the moment, that it's okay to put ourselves on the shelf. So I want to give you some thoughts and some steps about really, you know, showing up for yourself and saying yes to yourself and not trying to please others, right? Because so often we we are that person. We become that people pleaser. We say yes to everybody else so excitedly now, but you don't say yes to yourself as excitedly. Like you feel guilty, right? Do you ever feel guilty when you say no to somebody because you're like, oh, they're not going to like me. They're going to think that I don't care for them. They're going to think that I, you know, I, I'm selfish, all those things. Right. And, you know, because we show up for others so much and not for ourselves often, it can feel like we're not worthy. Right. And I wonder if that sounds like to you, if that sounds like you, I want to give you a couple steps to just put yourself first without guilt. Okay, so the first one is as women, we feel guilty when we do for ourselves, right? We feel guilty if we go get our nails done or we feel guilty if we go out for a walk or we go out for dinner with a friend or maybe like me, you go for a staycation where you grab a hotel that's near the near the house. Like for me, I live in Florida, so I'll grab a hotel at the beach and go spend the night. So maybe you feel guilty that you're doing that because you feel like, oh, I got to leave the kids behind or the spouse or they're going to think I'm being selfish because I'm doing for me. So I want to tell you, first of all, there's some things you can do to overcome that. So let's say you are a CEO mom. And so those that are listening to me the first time, when I say CEO mom, I don't like the word stay at home mom because you are a CEO mom, because even if you are at home running the house business, which is why I call you a CEO mom, you have a job to do. And that's making sure the business of the home is running the way it needs to. So let's say you're that CEO mom and you have kids that you know, you want to spend time with, but you feel like you, there's not enough time in the day. So let's start with their little. If they're little kids, like, you know, under, say, eight years old, right? Maybe you sit down and watch a silly TV show. When my kids were little, it was Barney, right? Sit down and watch a silly TV show with them and just be engaged with them because you're going to laugh at the crazy show. You're going to spend time with your little one, but you're also going to be taking some time out for yourself. So that's one of the steps you can do with your children. If your kids are a little older, like, so when I finally realized that I mattered and I had to do something for me first, my kids were a little older. So my oldest one, he loved to go get his toenails done because he played football and he had football toes. So we would go for Manny Patty together. He'd get the Patty, I'd get the Manny Patty. And it was, it was giving myself time to take care of myself and have self-care. But at the same time, my son, Matthew, was spending time with me and we would chit chat and talk about what was happening. We might talk about the football game upcoming or the one that just passed. We might talk about girls, whatever that is, right? Him and I also had a code word for spending time together. And that was, let's go for sushi. So that would tell me that he wanted to have conversations with me, right? So my younger son, Nate, he's not into many petties. He could not be bothered with any of that, but he loves to go to the movies. So we would go and catch a movie together. And we still do that to this day. He'll be like, what new movie is coming out? What do you want to see, mom? And we'd go catch that movie together. So that's something you can do with your kids. Like find something that you can enjoy doing that they maybe would like to do with you and you're spending time with them, okay? 
Now, when it comes to your spouse or significant other, it's kind of the same thing. Maybe catch a movie at home like my husband and I, even today, we find a lot of stuff on Netflix. We'll sit down and we'll watch the movie on Netflix, right? Or maybe you coordinate once a month, you're going to go out on a date and take turns picking. He picks this month, you pick next month. Neither one of you can complain about what the other picked, but you've picked something to go do, okay? So those are some things you can do with your loved ones when it comes time for self-care and not feeling guilty, right? So then that way, when you do want to go do something for yourself, like a staycation or go to the movies by yourself, that guilt, you can, you can release that guilt because you are finding time to spend with them as well, okay? So it, those are just some simple steps you can do when it comes to your family. But let's talk about... Let's talk about your your job, okay, your professional career. So let's say that you have you're at work and you've got this big project to get done and you're in charge of a team. Okay. So one of the things I used to do is I wanted to make sure that my team all had a responsibility of the project that we were doing. So when I worked for a big corporation, each person had a piece of that pie because you can't run the whole machine together. You've got to have help. So find what works what their talents are and give them that piece of the, of the pie that will outshine their talents. Okay. And then make sure that you along with them are taking breaks out to collaborate, whether it's, you know, Hey, let's go grab some lunch together and collaborate, or maybe you go outside the building and go for a quick walk around the building. You know, I did this at the big corporation I worked with. I would send my team out to go for walk breaks and my other lead team leads from other departments are like, how can you do that? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, listen, if you look at my department's goals, we're hitting our goals, which means they're working hard. I need them to be all in, not be tired. So I would also go each day with one different group and I'd go for a walk with them and just chat with them. How are they doing? What's going on? You know, what's happening in their world? We want to talk about what's happening in the project. Just how are they doing? So that's another way that you can, at your professional level, do something for yourself while you're engaging with your team as well. Okay. And if you are an entrepreneur, let's say you own your own business and you're, you know, you're overwhelmed with all these things to get done. I'm going to challenge you to look and see what are some of the things you're doing in your business that you actually might be able to do benefit from having a virtual assistant, right? So my business coach, Julie DeLuca Collins, helped me understand what my value is per hour. So once you take that per hour value, and you say, you know, filing paperwork is wor- is not worth $300 an hour. So maybe you have a virtual assistant that helps you electronically file your stuff. You know, find somebody that can do those things that takes up time for you building your business. And then also make sure you are taking time out during the day to go for a walk, do meditation, something that helps you pour into yourself while you're pouring into your business. So those are some tips I want to just teach you and share with you that I know I do for my self-care so I don't feel overwhelmed, so I don't feel like I'm on the shelf. Because when you put yourself on the shelf, you can't become that hero of your life. You can't become that self-made hero and have balance in your life with boundaries that you set and how to incorporate them without guilt. So I just want to share some of that with you because, you know, you guys are amazing, amazing individuals. You're beautifully and wonderfully made and you deserve everything that's waiting for you. But when we don't open our eyes to what's around us, we don't allow ourselves time for ourselves. You can't pour into others. You can't pour into your career if you don't pour into yourself first. 
So I just want to share that with you. And I want to invite you, if any of this resonates with you, I would love to invite you to our, we have a Shiro League. You can come once uh, every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to come and just visit with us, we always have an open house opportunity. You can join us. It's at a Sunday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can come in your PJs. It's a great way to end your, your week and start your new week. Um, you can do that as well. So if you want that information, just go to pearl at wsliving.com. Again, pearl at wsliving.com and email me and I can get you the link to join us. But if you want to look at some more of these steps that I've done, I would love for you to just go download my ultimate guide to, to self-care and some additional steps are in there. And that's at pearlsebook.com. That's pearlsebook.com. And I hope you guys know that you come into this world as this beautiful, beautiful oyster. We're a little rough on the outside, but on the inside, you have this amazing pearl. And I just want you to know that you are this amazing pearl, and I hope you find your inner pearl of greatness. Have a great day. 